Okay, welcome to the Twin Brother Darkness podcast. This is your host Eli. I'm here today with Christy, a co-worker of mine that I've been working with over the last four years, you would say. Yeah. Uh, we work in the catering department together at Living Word. And uh, she's our interview today, so welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Eli. That's very nice. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah. Uh, so uh, just a little bit about the podcast. Um, it's mainly for us to talk to people in the industry, you know, in the food industry. So whether they're servers, cooks, chefs, managers, just kind of get their story about how they got started in the industry. So... I'm gonna t- give you some time to kind of introduce yourself and then talk about how you first started working with food or what was your first position, and then okay. we'll kind of go from there. Awesome. Well, my name is Christy. Um, I am 38 years old. I have actually been in the food industry since I was 13 years wow. old. So, um, 25 coming up on 26 years of food industry. Um, business um, started obviously really young but um, worked in a family restaurant so I worked at a place called Jerry's Fried uh, Chicken they okay. paid me under the table um, obviously because I was too young to be working in the first place <laughs> but um, it was an amazing experience to really just get an idea of like one, a really strong laboring job, you know? Yeah. I grew up on a farm, so it was like, you know, you're just used to laboring, you yeah. know, when you're actually growing crops and, and taking care of the land and, you know, milking cows, you just work hard anyway, because that's what you've done since a child, so you don't know any better. Yeah. So going to the restaurants, though, and, you know, getting the feel for people, um, that is definitely why I stuck around because it's actually just such a it's just so different every day like you don't have the same thing every single day that's true yeah and um, at that restaurant specifically what what were you doing Um, like what were some of your um, job that you had to perform um, I started off like doing the cash register so cash and I did um, busing tables and kind of hosting there wasn't really a need for a host position but I was you know seating people and clearing tables kind of what I started off as I started serving that following year so when I was 14 so I was able to start making tips again not even able to like really claim that because technically I was getting paid hourly um and back then I mean we were getting paid like five bucks an hour probably yeah if not less than that um but so minimum wage and then whatever you made in tips exactly okay Mm -hmm. that's really cool yeah um and then from there, um, I th- maybe you kind of touched a little bit on that, but what was it about, you know, working in the restaurant industry that you were like, you know, now being 25 years into it, yeah. that you were like, oh, I really like this, I want to stick with it? Yeah, it's, it's funny when I, so with it being 25 years in, in this kind of industry, it took a lot to continue to serve in yeah. the industry, um, only based off the fact that I, you know, once you, I start, I have two kids, so it's like once you start having children, you kind of have to have a guaranteed salary, you yeah. know, you can't just guess if it's going to be a bad week and tips, you, you know, I have to be able to still pay my bills, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I served through college, and that's what helped pay my college tuition and I loved it. I loved serving because there was no commitments to management, but 
I went into management because I wanted to start a family. Yeah. Um, and that's why, I mean, I just kept with it because the, each day is ever, is just different. Yeah. Every single day is different with the job. And there's some really awesome days and then there's some really not so awesome days. And Absolutely. it balances, yeah, it balances yeah. itself out. But I, I really appreciate, you know, I'm not a person that likes being stagnant. I love having you know, something different every day to challenge me and help yeah. me grow. No. Uh, you actually kind of touched on my next question, which is you were mentioning about how, you know, sometimes you have really good days and really bad days, you know, and we've, I've been accustomed to asking people about, you know, like happy memories, you mm-hmm. know, serving and because there's always one story that sticks with people. And, yeah. You know, I've, I would like you to share like one of those moments, you know, with it serving and you know what sticks out to you about that memory um i was serving at the dock cafe in stillwater and this was before i got married it was in the cups of the same summer of when i was getting married i got married in july so it had to been sometime may or june um i had a table of 10 um super funny like charismatic table everything was a joke like and they made it super easy um but it was a really hard week like financially, like I wasn't making like any tip money that week. Um, and I was just kind of getting bummed out. Um, so I'm waiting on this table and they're like super nice to me. And like, they're asking me questions about my life and they noticed my ring on my finger and they're like, Oh, are you engaged? I'm like, yeah, I actually get married next month. They're like, congratulations. And just like super nice. But they, on top of that, like they left, you know, they left their 20% tip, but then left an extra like $400 in cash on top of it. So, um, to bless me for my wedding and they said we just want you to be blessed for your wedding and we just felt like it was put on us to like you know help you out financially but like on top of them already being like such an amazing table just to yeah. take care of they you know went above and beyond financially to help me out and, and and it's not always finances that like bless you and take you that extra mile but it was something that I knew that I needed that like I've yeah. been praying about and they just like came through yeah it's it amazing awesome. how those things happen where it's like it's you were, you know, in need, like, in the moment, just kind of happened. So when things like that kind of connect, like you say, it really is a blessing because you're like, you know, here you are thinking about, you know, needing the money and then total strangers, you know, mm-hmm. just coming that one time and then we're able to bless you in that sense. So, yeah, it was awesome. No, that, I like that story. That's a really good story. Well, not to go from a happy memory to a sad one, but we all have <laughs> one sad memory in this industry and uh, if you don't mind sharing that with us you know i think you know for other people out there to know that it's okay and you'll get through it you know yeah um actually one that we share together is um just last year um for our vision dinner we had um a full kitchen full of people you know and it was about 30-ish employees in and out of the kitchen helping us do this huge event and we had like a 200 person event and one of my employees um rolled her ankle and actually broke it um and I just remember sitting there thinking because everything just kind of stopped yeah you know and we were I mean not to like think of just work but it was like traumatizing in the sense that 
okay, we're, we're losing time to like yep. catering to her need. But on top of the fact that this is a really close employee of mine and she's in pain and crying on the floor. So you're just like torn in between those both things. And you're just sitting here thinking of work and the stress of her needing to get to the hospital and how she can do that. So, you know, we got in contact with her parents and then, you know, she was on bed rest for like a month, Yeah, honestly. So it was crazy, but that was probably the worst yeah. out of like all of mine but and I just had like a really bad um noodles and company story when I managed noodles and company there was a, a guest that came back with a, a hair in their meal right mm. and they brought it back yeah. but it was actually a chunk of like lint from somebody's jacket oh. and they're like oh you you definitely purposely put this in my meal and they completely flipped out Screaming at their top of the lungs with a full restaurant full of people. Wow. And you went to Noodles and Company, you spent $8 for your yeah. meal. I'm like, I will pay, I will get you another meal. I am so sorry for the inconvenience, but they had to like make me feel bad yeah. before they like could walk away. So I sat there and I just took it without it, anything. I just apologized at the end. And I remember going back to my desk and closing my office door and crying because I felt so small after that because yeah. he just had to put on the show and it was an older gentleman like mm. just made me feel like yeah intimidating and yeah. just and again like your eight dollar mac and cheese or whatever it is like yeah. we can even make you a new one if you want to. Right it's not now. that big of a deal yeah. but yeah people do freak out when it comes to their you know their food or their orders and as managers and i agree with that all you can do is apologize you know because I've, I've had situation like that you know where it's like you know, you cook your meal, you send it out, and they send it back. They either think, you know, you did something wrong, and all you can do is go out and apologize, you know. Um, yeah. I think one, for me, one of the best um, advice I ever got from a former chef of mine was just the example I gave you where it's like we made a meal. I think it was like a fish or something, and it was undercooked, and they brought it back. And it was like, we just went and apologized, and he was like, look we're not rocket scientists you know it's food we can fix it if we mess up you know but never take it personal you know because i think he can see in my face like i was kind of disappointed in myself and he's like dude it's just fish man like yeah you know we can fix it we can make a new one for the person so just you know just take it easy it's it's not that big of a deal but yeah you know i think it's important for people to hear you know those type of stories you yeah know? and i and i agree with you i think um for us dealing with customers there is a lot of abuse that we take and you just kind of just stand there and it's yeah it's tough you know so well, any type of customer service job yeah you know? that's it true. could be you don't know what's going on in their day and they're taking it out on you kind of thing but yeah yeah so but yeah no thanks for that story um you kind of talked about this a little bit um but the one thing that i wanted to ask was Obviously, like you said, you're married, you have two kids, you know, and you're also, you know, working full time. And how do you manage that work life balance, especially, you know, you and I doing caterings like sometimes we're doing caterings on the weekends, you know, we're sometimes we're working seven days a week, yeah. you know, sometimes we're here till like 11, 12, one o'clock in the morning. Like, yeah. how, how do you, you know, manage that? in yeah. your life and make it work and you know that's a really good question i i've challenged myself um frequently especially when i know that i'm going to have a bombarded week yeah of catering is just making sure i have more 
more time the next week, you know, with my kids or with my family, just making sure, but also just being present when I'm home, like putting my phone down, taking care, you know, just making sure that all of their needs are met. I'm spending extra quality time with each of them, taking them out on personal dates so they could feel like their relationship, you know, is still, you know, I just, I want them to feel valued a hundred percent. So the balance is... I, I don't care how many hours a week I end up working, mm-hmm. just making sure when I'm home and I'm You're there, there I'm there a hundred percent with them. So just, it's no, no device, no, you know, phones or anything. And we just sit and we talk and we just play games and just be present. But that's what helps, um, me feel like I have that balance you know even if I'm working 70 hours one week or I'm just working 50 the other week Mm -hmm. it gives me the ability to continue to pack on a heavier load without feeling a guilt or a a need to kind of take a break yeah well that's that's that was well said I like that um and I think it is important you know for people to know that you know, we make sacrifices, you know, in this industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, while we're out here, you know, serving you or cooking for you, you know, like we have our own families and yep. it's time, you know, it's really important to make time for your own family, especially, mm-hmm. I think. So that, that was good. Thanks. Um, the other thing, well, I mean, let, let's talk about what's happening right now. I mean, that's honestly what everybody wants, wants to know, right? <laughs> yeah. Like with the pandemic and... You know, for us, yeah. like we, we went. F- so this whole thing started in March. Yeah. And uh, I think we had about like sixteen events scheduled from March all the way to yep. June, and then no one event. by one, it's just, just canceled, like canceled, yeah. canceled, canceled. And mm-hmm. it's such a tough time, you know, for our industry and you know for us personally, yeah. not having to do those uh, events. Um, so I, I mean I guess it's both of us because you know it involves both of us. But h- how are you coping with that, knowing that you know we might not be able to do another event till like I don't know the fall or something, yeah. and um, and again your staff also not having them being able to work and make some money or you know just how are you dealing with it? Um, I think I'm just taking it day by day. That's honestly all we really can do at this point because, you know, dates change, things change constantly. I'm doing my best for my team to make sure they're staying working and employed. They did get dispersed throughout the building. So um, since we do work inside of a church, they're able to get utilized in other places. So that way they're not losing their income. They're still able to keep up with their hours. So that's awesome for them. Yeah. I personally, since I'm a huge extrovert, find this very hard because I'm not around people, a lot of people all the time. So for me personally, um, I get energized by people and I'm not getting that. So that's, that's where, you know, the work part of, for me is more difficult. Um, but I, like I said, it's just day by day. I'm not looking too far into the future or worrying about what may or may not happen because we don't even know. Like we don't know if it's going to be two weeks from now. Or, you know, two months from now. I mean, I literally just talked to my best friend yesterday, and we both worked at Red Lobster together. Mm-hmm. Um, and Red Lobster is opening uh, their restaurants that only have patios. And if they don't have a patio, they're not opening up at all. And a lot of them don't have patios. Yeah. Um, because you have to only open up a patio. You can't... You, you the can't restaurants can't inside. open it inside. Oh. So, 
she is without a job still. And it's like, you know, you just sit and you're, I'm struggling with, you know, the governor choosing what is essential and what's not essential, Mm -hmm. you know, because that it shouldn't be one man's say, um, because everybody's job is essential to them because that's what they provide for their family. That's how they provide for their family. And she doesn't get, um, very much from unemployment because she was a server. So it's based off of their wage and about minimum wage. And so at the end of the day, you know, watching other people struggle and do all that stuff, it, it, the only way I can survive this mentally is just take it day by day and live in the now for what I can possibly do because now that we're we're opening up the church in a few weeks, yeah, in technically two and a half weeks, um, once we open up the church, after that, it's like, you know, we, we're doing it actually against the law, technically. Yeah. We're not supposed to technically open up. Um, so with that being said, it's like, I don't, I'm not going to sit and worry about that piece of it. I'm excited to open up. I'm excited for the sales and business. I'm excited to see people again. I'm excited to have conversations and do all that extra stuff. And I'm looking forward to that. So it gives me a date to kind of look forward to. Um, But yeah, I think that's probably the biggest piece is just day by day. Like just not looking too much into the future and just living in the now. It it really is a weird time. Um, I mean, just not even knowing, like you said, what's going to happen in two weeks or a month or whatever. Uh, I think for me, um, personally, what's been really tough is I have so many chef friends right now that are just home. Like, they're not working, mm-hmm. you know, and having conversations with them. You know, I'm still blessed that, I, you know, I'm working, you know, we're both are. So we still have that piece, even though if we're not doing catering, we're still doing other things, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. making meals from first responders or even yeah. to-go meals. So we're really blessed in, in that aspect, but it's really tough for me to like talk to my friends and know kind of like what you were talking about with your friends. Um, it's, it's just, it's devastating, you yeah. know, because, you know, it's their livelihood, it's them not being able to pay their bills. And I, I just, honestly, I, I don't know how to deal with it other than I find myself calling them and like, I just listen to them fans because that's all i can do yeah you know what i mean and it any and way can i can support you no yeah. absolutely not because i mean i i don't want to talk to them and tell them how everything is fine for me and right. you're here you know what i mean so yeah. I, i've been doing a lot of that lately where it's like i'm calling friends and if the, if they want to vent then you know that's what i'm there for and that, and that's totally fine you yeah. know so I, I mean, to everybody in the industry, um, you know, it's gonna take a while, but just know that we're here for you and that it will be, it will, it will be fine. It will get better. And yeah. uh, if you need people to talk to, you know, call them and just mm-hmm. listen to them. That's all you can do, really. Yeah. You know. So, but yeah. Um, well, getting off that topic is it's kind of a <laughs> anxiety ring. Yeah, you know, times right now. Yeah. That, um, we, we needed to cover it, so I'm glad that we did that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I always like to ask people, you know, being a chef, is uh, what your favorite meal is. Like, oh, I have so many. You know it's not even funny. <laughs> you, I thought you, you could guess my I favorite sh- meal. Eli, I'm what's my favorite meal? Tacos. No, well... Okay, my favorite fast food meal is Taco Bell, sure. But what's my favorite meal? Oh, yeah, steak. Yeah. You love steak. Yeah, I love steak and potatoes. I'm a huge farm girl, and I can eat steak and potatoes for every meal every day because it's just 
it's just so wholesome and it's so hearty and filling. Yeah. But it also makes me, like, I'm not kidding you, it brings me back to, like, my childhood, though. And it makes me feel like I am living back on the farm because we would have fresh meat, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just, it just made me, it makes me, it's like comfort food for me. It's like a warm hug, but inside of my stomach. That, <laughs> you know? that is, on, that's one of the perfect ways to say, uh, to describe what your favorite food is. Uh, I think anytime you, you know, you say that it reminds you of your childhood, mm-hmm. that's how you know, yeah. you know, because any meal that reminds you of, you know, when you were young or who was making it for you, yeah. often people... <clears throat> It's their mom or their grandmother. Um, yeah. And, yeah, so, no, I I like that answer. That's, Thank that's you for good. making me my, my meal that I like <laughs> so much. That reminds me of my childhood, Eli, and yeah. I'm older than you. That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, let's see. Music. I, oh. I always like to ask this question. <laughs> I, I know you and I were, like, we're always walking around with, like, our uh, ear pods in our ears and yep. like hey what are you listening to and it's usually rap so <laughs> so just true. as you're listening yeah we're both always listening to rap at yeah. a church at a church i feel fine with listening to gangster rap at yeah. a church but 100%. Um, i always like to ask that question because i i love you know i love music yeah you know, if i'm when i'm working you know i'm always listening to something but um on that subject other than rap or artists that you love like you know you can talk about why you like them how you got into the and you know just in general okay um gosh that's such a such a hard question because I like so many people like I I've recently grown I love all of Tupac's music all of it like it's just so I mean I grew up in the 80s um so 90s were a big time for for rap for me. Um, Notorious Big, B.I.G. I can't even say B.I.G. It sounds weird. Um, uh, I've I listened to a lot of Outkast, um, a lot oh. of Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like I, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I do listen to a lot of gospel to give myself a balance from listening to all about you know blowing somebody's head off or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know, it keeps me motivated. And that's yeah. what's best about that, you know, that, that style of music. It keeps Absolutely. me, like, I, if I don't want to mow my lawn, I stick my AirPods in and I'm like, put on some rap music and just do it, you know? And that's I'm what I do. the same way. <laughs> Especially for me, working out um, and sometimes cooking. It depends on the type of cooking I'm doing. So if I'm like, you know, moving around, trying to be fast, then yeah, rap is great or working out same thing you know because it gives you that energy yeah uh but if i'm like doing something more relaxed or whatever then i want to listen to like i don't know r&b or like soul music or something yeah. or jazz even yeah so yeah for me music it represents different things or even yeah. as you were saying like what kind of task you're doing so mm-hmm. that that's interesting but um bone thugs and harmony huh <laughs> We're showing our age. <laughs> bone and biggie, biggie. It's bone and biggie, biggie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's so funny. Like, you tell kids that that day, they're like, what? They're cool? But it's funny because I actually had a conversation with somebody when I was younger. I was, like, 14 or 15, and I was listening to Bone, and they're listening. Um, or, and I was listening to Snoop, and they asked, 
you know, who do you think is going to stick around longer, Bone or, or Snoop Dogg? And I'm like, I think Snoop Dogg, because he's more relevant, you know, to a genre later on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. And, like, Bone is too hard, like, too hardcore that, like, they're going to fall out yeah. easily. And that's what happened. And so they're like, I can't believe you called it. Yeah, so it was like. Yeah. It's kind of like Wu-Tang. Yeah. You know, they started strong. I mean, they're. You know, and they still put out stuff together, but it, it's not the same. It's not the same Wu Tang right. of the '90s, you know, because everybody then went on to like have their own careers and like put out their own albums. Right. But yeah, it, it's just not the same. I feel like for group, you mm-hmm. know, rap groups like that, it's it's hard to break out. But no, that was good. Uh, I, I always like talking music with people, so yeah. yeah thanks music. for that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> thanks for bringing me back to the '90s. <laughs> um, Let's see. Uh, books. What What is the last book you've read that, um, I don't want to say life-changing, that might be too big of a word, but, like, that had an impression on you or that marked you? Okay. Um, well, the last book that I read had probably one of the biggest impacts on me, like, mentally. So I, well, I actually have three books in mind, but um, it's a, a book called Uninvited. Um, I had a really hard childhood with my dad. My dad left when I was a young girl, like when I was only six. Um, And the book is, um, it's a Christian book. Um, It's an author named Lisa Turkist. Um, But she goes over, um, it's just, it's a book about how the the devil is really good at pickpocketing your joy. Like whenever you feel like you're coming to a crossroads and you're going in the right direction, you are falling back into the wrong direction. And, um, it's, it's a lot about like healing your heart towards abandonment too. So like I felt abandoned by my dad. Um, so that book literally helped give me a mind shift to realizing it wasn't about me, why he left, you know, like I always blamed myself a lot when I was a child and growing older. Um, I made really like awful decisions in my life because of that like the guys that I chose to date um a lot of that like it, people don't realize like how a family like, yeah. actually makes a difference for each child it's like parents don't realize like how much influence they have on a child until you don't have one of those two parents in your life what's missing you know yeah. what is missing from my heart and that book helped like kind of just fill that area of void that I had Okay. You know, it was like one of those areas that like I just didn't even want to recognize that was even there because mm. I'm a person that's like, don't hold the door open for me. I got yeah. this. I, you know, no, I don't need any help. I don't need any help. I don't ever ask for help. Yeah. So reading that book was like a, just a, a realization of one, it's okay to ask for help. Yeah. It's actually a blessing to let other people to bless you. Um, but two, to open my heart to like allowing myself to feel that love because God loves me as if I'm his daughter anyway. Yeah. So that's the only father that I need. And giving myself that clarification, but also allowing myself to kind of break free from the unforgiveness yeah. that I had towards my father. So it was just, it was a revelation type of book. Like this is like, it did actually change my life. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that answer. You know, and I feel like books always have a way of finding you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. especially books like that, I feel like you read them at a time that you need it most. Yep. You know, so, yeah, it, it's it's always good. I 
I always like to ask people that type of question just because, you know, again, you don't know what someone has gone through in their life and where they are, but, you know, once they can find the answers, you know, that they've been asking their whole life, it's, it always makes a difference. So, yeah. thank you. That's good recommendation. Uh, do you want to uh, say the name of the book again? For yeah, the book is called Uninvited by Lisa. I can't ever say her last name right, but it's like Turkhurst or Turkist. I'm sure if people yeah. Google the name yeah. of the book, they Uninvited. can find it. So, yeah, yeah be, that could be an interesting read for listeners out there. Um, so, the other thing that I also like to talk about is... and. This doesn't have to be like um, international. It's travel, um, like what's the, so when you're traveling, you know whether it's within the United States, um, like what's the one thing that you look for? Whether it's food, you know, arts, culture, or like, um, or what is your favorite place to go to? I suppose okay. I should put it that way. Um, I try not to go to the same place twice. Okay. Except for Disney, because my girls, you know, of that's fine. Um, but, like, if I go to San Francisco, then okay. I'm touristy. Like, I, I, it's not necessarily food, it's more culture. Just okay. figuring out, like, the land. Yeah. Um, and this is just international travel. Like, the Dominican, when I flew to the Dominican, it, or Jamaica. Yeah. The, both of those places were very sightsee. I need to see all about just where we were staying, but exploring, you know, like yeah. renting a car and just exploring the land. You know, yeah. just the Dominican was such a rural area, um, you know, when we flew into the Dominican, and that's where we went for our honeymoon. Okay. Um, we flew in, and we had to take a um, a cab to our resort, and it was about an hour and a half in oh, from um. where our airport was. So just to drive by, I mean, everybody's on scooters there, yeah, you know, yeah. and they drive like crazy. They're literally like right next to, like, they, Sounds like some total. people are tapping on your, tapping yeah, yeah. on your <laughs> car or whatever. And I'm like, holy smokes, this is happening. <laughs> um, so, but like you see huts and you see shacks like throughout the whole, like the city of Sharp, yeah. yeah. And you don't realize how poor of the communities are and it just makes you want to just like walk around and just like I honestly I'm the person that wants to walk around and just hug people yeah. and pray for them and give them money and like do whatever I could do but it, it was like it, it's just like one of those things that you if you open your heart to it and see it it's like just knowing that when you come back home the appreciation that you should have for your own life should yeah. be escalated for yeah. sure but um, I really enjoy appreciating other people's culture food though Every place that I go to, there has to, like, you have to find the niche there, right? Yeah. Like, there's yeah. always something. Like, if you were to go to France, you're definitely going to eat, like, a croissant, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. Or any bread, really. Um, but it's like, I went to the Dominican, you had to eat all of their food. Yeah. And be a part of the culture there. Like, it yeah. is, and it is that way. Like, for everywhere that we go, it's like, we want to be a part of the culture. We want to eat. And so, like, Mexico... Yep. It wasn't all about the tacos, Eli. It was about... <laughs> you went this specifically had, for the tacos. I was like, yes, a vacation where I could just eat my favorite food. No, um, but when we when we flew down to Mexico, it was, I mean, some of the most amazingly fresh fish. Oh, you yeah. know, like just that kind of stuff. Like when we stayed in Rhode Island, mm. like I was getting clam chowder like every, every night. Yeah. I'm like, 
For sure. That's the place to have it. Yeah. yeah so absolutely. it's just making sure you have the heart and soul of where you were at. So like Boston, when you're there, or you're in Chicago, you have to have Chicago style pizza. Yeah. You know, just making sure that you're getting a piece of that culture too. But yeah, I am very sightsee. Like I need to see the culture. Like I love being out in nature. Yeah. Get me out in the middle of the woods. I want to just explore the land. That's that's who I am. That's I obviously good. love food, but yeah, I uh, well, as you know, I went back home last summer. And you gained twenty pounds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, though, know, I lost twenty pounds, Woo! and then I came back. And <laughs> American I had, like, food, pizza, preservatives, like, and yeah. pasta. And it was like, mm-hmm. oh, just getting right back. No, but uh, yeah, just going back home, and you know, and talking about the fresh food, it's mm-hmm. like. You know, you're, like, driving through, and there's, like, open market, and, like, people are just, like, grilling fish, Mm -hmm. you know, like, grilling meat. Like, the smells, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, the tropical fruits, you know, it it was just amazing, and it's like, man, how come we don't live like this here? You (laughs) know, it's like, oh, they... That'd be so nice. Yeah. But, yeah, I I, I agree with that. I think that's the the more important thing, is just, like, going out into the city and, like, just... Living amongst the people and see how they eat and like you know how they're they're living their lifestyle and then kind of just taking that in and you know yeah. and just I don't like it, it's it's a good realization that you know every like I think so often people you kind of get stuck mm-hmm. you know like in your mm-hmm. way of life you know especially in America it's like work home work home work home you yeah. know but it's also important to like. Think, take the time to go on vacation and like kind of just de-stress and you know yeah you know kind of then recharge and come back to work or to your regular life so right but i think it's it's important um and especially for our industry you know seriously like i so many people i talk to it's like yeah i haven't mean, haven't been on vacation in five years it's like you need to go on vacation right <laughs> you're like you you're so stressed right now so. yeah that's important. Vacation is important. Um, um, let's see. I don't know if I... Well, last, your last meal, but I feel like we kind of touched on that. Like, if you had one last meal. It's not the same, though. It's not? No. Okay, well, then I'm glad I'm asking. Okay. What would it be? It, well, it would be like a buffet style, right? So <laughs> I need a lot of stuff. If that's my last meal, suppose, if, you can, yes. if you get somebody on death row, if they ask for 20 things, you're probably going to get them 20 things, right? That's true. So I would want, like, I would, I need lobster, right? Lobster would definitely be there in a filet right next to it. So I have to have a little surf and turf happening. All right. For some reason, I have to have, like, a side salad and, like, <laughs> like some cheddar bay biscuits from, like, Red Lobster, too. Those so, are pretty good. Right? Let's... So it's, like, it's hard to, like, pass that up. Not the lobster from Red Lobster, no. just their biscuits. Because <laughs> their lobster is not even as close to fresh lobster. So unless you get it right from the tank, and then you're, then you'll it's be doing okay. Like, yeah. But I need mashed potatoes, but I want the mashed potatoes to be sour cream and chive whipped mashed potatoes. Nice. Yep. Um, and then I would love, like, broccolini sautéed with garlic and butter. Um, and then I think that would probably be full after that, but... Yeah. <laughs> what, about, what about dessert? Is there any oh, dessert. dessert? Okay, so yes, I would need a warmed-up chocolate cake, like a three-layer chocolate cake. Nice. Um, with... Ice cream, some vanilla ice cream. 
Yeah, I, I do love a chocolate cake. I'm more of a cake person. I don't yeah, like pies. Yeah, I love cake. Love cake. My wife loves pies, and I'm like, uh, fruit. How about Easter? Like, yeah, you can travel for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe so, Thanksgiving, honey. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, what would your last meal be? My last meal, honestly, is probably my favorite meal. Uh, my favorite meal is fufu. It's uh, Togolese food. It's made out of yams. Okay. Uh, so we pound them. And then you eat it with uh, a stew. So it can either be beef, chicken, sometimes fish, but rarely. And it's basically, uh, it's kind of like a broth. And with the meat and then vegetables. And then you eat it together. That sounds delicious. So, yeah. So the yams are pounded. Not quite the consistency of mashed potato. Okay. But it's sort of like in that same form, so it's kind of like ball almost. Okay. And then yeah, so like you eat it with a spoon and the broth, you know. So that sounds great. Yeah, it's re- like. Why have you not made me that yet? <laughs> <laughs> I love how that your first thing is why haven't you made me? <laughs> but yeah, uh, I think it's my favorite food because it's like you were saying earlier. It reminds me of my childhood. Yeah. So every time I have it, I'm just like. Oh, I know. It's not nice. This. Yeah. So. Aww. It would be that and probably chocolate cake for me too for dessert. I, I love chocolate cake. Yeah. Like that's why I, like like I work out, you know, and like play soccer and all that. But my one vice is that I love <laughs> desserts. Mm-hmm. I can't stay away. Mm-hmm. No. So, Same, I, I can't. I'm I working can't. on it though. <laughs> You cut salt or sugar out, I would cut out salt. I can't I'm, cut Yeah, sugar. I'm the same way. I can't cut sugar out. <laughs> like, I mean, I yeah, love salty. I love my salty snacks, but they're, like, not like I need a salty snack ever. Yeah. I I crave sugar items way more than I crave salty snacks. I am the same. Yeah. Which is probably not good, but, hey, we all have <laughs> our little things, right? We all have our little <laughs> things. Well, I think... Uh, we got a lot of information, but I would like to know if you had a philosophy, a work philosophy, or it could even be in life in general, uh, what's the one philosophy that you have that gets you through life, basically, okay. in all things? Um, not trying to change other people. You know, so the, I always look at it as I, I'm only going to try to be better than I was today and not try to change anybody else because I can learn from my mistakes and become better the next day and but don't pretend that I can actually feed somebody advice and they're going to change you know it's that's on them and so I feel like that has gotten me through a lot of situations with you know getting yelled at by a guest or um, having a really hard day it's like you know we made mistakes because we're human beings and Mm -hmm. everyone makes mistakes um, I, I've learned a lot from my mistakes and I'm just going to keep learning from the mistakes that I continue to make because I know I will continue to make some yeah. and I will just grow and become stronger and be better than I was yesterday. That's awesome. Well said. Yeah. Well, Thanks. thank you so much for the time. This was fun. I got to learn things about you that I didn't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> we got a little personal, but we got some stuff on there too. So thank you. 
You're welcome. Really appreciate that. Of course, Eli. All right. Anything for you, man. Okay. As long as you make me some foo-foo. Right? Some foo-foo and some steak. <laughs> All right. Fuck thank you up. for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. This has been another Twin Brother Darkness episode. Bye. <laughs>